Welcome to episode 467 of Troubadours and Tours with yours truly, E.W. Conundrum Demure. On this week's episode, we feature a wonderful conversation with songwriter, musician, writer, artist, actress, and our resident storyteller, Little Star Run. We talk with Little Star Run about obstacles and divine timing, about creating new frequency, maintaining a hope that something could occur, murmuration of people, dirty looks, something beautiful, and holding on to how you want to feel. A wonderful conversation, this go-around with Little Star Run. We have an EW essay titled Place, and we share some of Harper's Index from the March 2022 edition of Harper's Magazine. These are actual facts and figures, very compelling and sometimes a bit humorous. We have a poem called Grass, and of course, as is always the case, all of this will be infused, imbued with the wonderful energy of several great tunes. It is so nice to be with you. Let's get to it. Episode 467 of Troubadours and Rock-On Tours. Whisper and I'm wistful Then I hear 
place. Glen Burn Diner, Eggs Benedict, with a side of homemade rye toast and a grilled blueberry scone. The cup of dark black coffee is hot and steaming and calling me home on a small plate with pineapples painted across its circular area. It sets near a glass of water three-quarters filled. I, at the moment, looking at things as an eternal optimist might. Local, hometown, harvested amber-brown honey for purchase, near a table of jewelry and handbags, handmade, by younger girls and old maids. Together, all in this small, vibrant community place. As I think about an ace I have up my sleeve, I remember this guy I used to pay to talk with me. His name is Zeev. He believed that we all work at manipulating the world to get what we want and what we perceive we need. It not being untoward or like hiding something up your sleeve I'm not sure if I do want to achieve the same sort of psychological justification for the actualization of bad deeds, just to please my own concocted gods, myths, and superstitions. Haven't we all been misguided enough by those here before us? When we are little ones, those folks so adore us, until we change and craft our own approach, then so quickly their take shifts to a place where it seems easy for them to abhor us. This is a riddle in time forever. It's troubling to see how bonds steeped in codependence can resonate with empty comfort and pleasure. Perhaps this weekend I should reflect. Not attached, self-aware, yet not self-absorbed. I'll drive in my silver Ford to Long Island, walk the length of a stony fjord, and smell the salt mist off the waves.
Little Star Run. Is that you? <laughs> Hello, EW. Yes, it's me. How are you doing? Thank you so much for being on Troubadours and Rock On Tours yet again. Oh, well, thank you for having me. Um, it's always a pleasure. Um, I'm just enjoying the sounds of the rain, actually. We're getting a, a nice little rainstorm. Yeah, I'm enjoying it as well. My feet are soaking wet as we speak. I was just outside in it. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, so we're on different frequencies. Um, yeah, I'm inside, uh, safely away from, from the rain. <laughs> uh, either way, I enjoyed it. You know, I'm a little wet, but, you know, it's still a wonderful aspect of nature. And, well, rain cleanses negative ions, too. So it, it's actually a good thing when you get soaking wet, you know. Oh, yeah. God knows I have a lot of negative ions. <laughs> Don't tell. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, for those of you who have not uh, had the pleasure of listening to a conversation with Little Star Run here on the program, she is a regular contributor. Uh, she's a songwriter, a musician, a writer, an, a an actress, an artist in general, and our resident storyteller. So uh, I anticipate some sort of story, but whatever the case may be, it's going to be a fun conversation. Um, it's been a, several months since we've spoken. Everything good? Everything has been really good. Um, a lot of forward progress, a lot of really interesting projects, um, but also a lot of ups and downs. Uh, that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today, actually, um, is the nature of obstacles and divine timing. Obstacles and divine timing. I like it. Um, and <laughs> this was illustrated just before when when you told me uh, that we would have a 15-minute delay about uh, this interview because uh, I had been sitting here thinking, oh... I don't have time to do uh, a few things before I have the interview, and and I was I was just having a, I wasn't panicking about it, but I I definitely felt that I, that was a need that I had that I needed those extra minutes before you and I were talking, and then it was a divine timing because the minute I thought that you sent me a message, I'm I'm having a delay. Perfect. Yeah, and I. I wanted to stress that I think what may have occurred in, in that sort of little pocket there <laughs> was me sending out a frequency, it somehow aligning with your frequency, uh, creating a new frequency to bring out the best possible outcome for both of us. I love it. I guess you you need to be tuned into those frequencies, though, for this to work or, or not. Does it happen anyway? Well, I think a lot of times we we aren't aware that we're tuned in, and that's when we think things are very random, you know? That's when we think, oh, okay, that just happened. But, you know, when you start to really understand how the energy works, uh, it's sort of being neutral about it. It's, it's expressing the need or the want or the desire for something, but not being too precious about it. Just actually being okay if it does or does not happen. And, it, you know, it's the, sort of like the law of um, non-attachment, you know, illustrated there. I like it. I like that a lot. And again, that 
Uh, I say again because over the years we've spoken uh, several, many, many times, and there's always a little touch of Buddhism that I hear. I don't know if that's intentional or what, but the the law of attachment in particular. Yeah. um, This is what I've begun to notice, though, about these situations. It's like maintaining a hope that something can occur, but still being okay with or without it. And that, that seems to be the key. Um, and I wanted to tell this story and I may have actually talked about this before I, you know, I'm getting to that point and we've done so many stories where I'm like, you know, have I told this one before? I really don't want to become, you know, a broken record here. Um, but I have, I have several stories that illustrate this point and I wanted to, um, to talk about one today that I remembered recently. Great. Um, so this this was when I was trying to get my uh, permanent residency when I was living in Athens, Greece. Um, and I had been trying for, oh, wow, years. Uh, you know, it was sort of this thing where the immigration center was always in a different place. And I think it was intentional. I think they started to just move it around so people would have a harder time trying to locate it and then therefore having a harder time getting their paperwork in on time mm-hmm. and, and actually completing the process. And it just allowed everything to perpetuate into infinity, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I do. And, uh, you know, so this was one of the times where the immigration center had moved and it was my turn to... Um, be possibly up to get this lottery number that they handed out to people that waited in line. And, you know, they would notify you like, oh, you're supposed to come, you might be up for a lottery number. But every time you got there, you know, there's such a limited amount of numbers. If you didn't get there at a certain time, there's no way that you would even be in the running for it. So I, I really had an attachment to being there on time for a long time. I was getting there on time, I was showing up, I was waiting, I'm like, this is what they told me to do, you know? <laughs> this is what I'm supposed to do. Uh, but every time I never got a number, and there were so many people that never got numbers. I mean, there were like, you know, a thousand people there daily, wow. just standing in this weird line, yeah. Uh, it, you know, it, it often would become sort of a volatile place, you know, because obviously people just wanted the right to live and have freedoms in their new country, you know. And there always seemed to be a setback. And and I always felt very down about it, you know. I allowed it to affect me. I, um, I definitely allowed the um, circumstances to get me down. And then there... Something shifted. This particular time when I was supposed to go for my lottery number, let's say, I, I had someone who was going to come and pick me up and, and drive me there because the center was in a new place. And that person was late picking me up. And if you can imagine a little bit, you know, how important this was to me and how... Um, dire of a situation it was. I mean, when you don't have your residency, you can't travel outside the country. You're not able to um, perform uh, certain 
daily things that you need to perform. You know, it's almost like being trapped. You're sort of like a half person, Mm -hmm. you know, and I didn't, I didn't allow it to make me negative, despite the fact that it was a really negative thing on the other person's part, you know, because they were actually late for no reason. How late? Oh, over like a half an hour. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that that half an hour for me represented something, you know, incredible because I, I knew, you know, that they, they had this policy that if you didn't get there at a certain time, you can't get in the line. And oh, so I was just like, oh, my God, like, this is going to be insane. Like, you know, but, but I I didn't. I don't, I don't know what it was that day, but I didn't allow it to get me negative. I didn't allow it to, to not, um, well, well, I didn't allow it to change my way of, of thinking. I, you know, I, I maintained a hope. I said, okay, over a half hour late, there's no way I'm going to get in the line. And then I thought, well, I'm just going to go anyway. I'm just going to go. And I'm just going to see. Because why not, right? Like, why not still go? Right. And... You could Here's be wrong. <laughs> so I get there. There's a lot of screaming and yelling and shouting, and people look really angry. You know, it's almost like a mob sort of thing. Um, I I guess they had even less lottery numbers that day, and you know, so many people showed up, and then. You know, they passed out these random numbers and like, only a few people got them. And then they said everyone had to come back in several months. And, you know, the crowd was angry. Hmm. Everyone there, you know, was really angry. There was, oh, were you going to say something? Yeah, I'm wondering, like, the crowd there, were they people from all over the world? Uh, the, oh, know. yeah. Um there's no separation uh, between nationalities in the immigration system in Greece. It's just, you know, everyone is, um, you know, depending on what country you're you're from, you know, there's no difference. Like, all countries are grouped together. Gotcha. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, there were people from all over the world, all different nationalities, all, all different ethnicities, um, really lovely, wonderful people that I, I had spoken to a lot of times in line. You know, you started to get to know familiar faces right. uh, from people. <laughs> oh, how long have you been waiting for your residency? Oh, two and a half years. How about you? Oh, I'm here five years. You know, it's like uh, a never-ending um, battle. And You were almost like an expat in a way, and everybody uh, – was it was – it... Was it more of that mentality, or were people just fleeing from terrible situations? Um, you know, there's definitely a, a mix. I don't necessarily know if I could call myself an expat. <laughs> I definitely didn't have any money. <laughs> so, you know, when I think of expats, I'm like, oh, those are people that have means, you know. Oh, really? And yeah, no, I, I think oftentimes they're not. They're people who are just trying to get the heck out of a culture that doesn't suit them. But yeah, you're probably right. There is a level of privilege. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I could, I definitely was trying to uh, get away from certain things that I didn't agree with in the U S for sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, th- this would be refugees, um, economic immigrants, uh, you know, people from all over Europe, 
uh, you know, the Philippines, um, Middle Eastern countries, African countries, all, all together. And uh, so you were late this one day. Oh, yes, I was late. And, you know, I had been waiting, like I said, for several years <laughs> for for this uh, lottery number. And there's something that happened. I got there. I went up to the security guard. I, you know, I said, like, oh, what's going on? He says, oh, they gave out all the lottery numbers and everyone's upset uh, because there weren't as many numbers as before. And, you know, they started a fight or whatever. People got um, a little bit violent. And so this crowd was sort of like a murmuration, you know? A murmuration? Like, I don't hear that word every day. That's cool. Um, you know how, like, well, you know what a murmuration is, right? You know, the birds moving in, in a sort of, like, synchronistic pattern together. Um, Beautiful. This is sort of what happened with the crowd. I can't, I'm, I can't explain it exactly. <laughs> in my mind, it's a murmuration. It's like the crowd was in one area and, and they were blocking the door to the center. And then something happened, someone shouted and the whole crowd shifted to the opposite side of the street. And I don't know what happened, but in that moment I got the impulse. I'm like, okay, the crowd like shifted away from the door. I'm just gonna like run up there and like peek my head in and just say something to somebody. Like, you know, I just felt like there has to be a way. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but there has to be a way. And I, I, you know, they never even let you near the door. The security is so strict there. They'll never even let you close to it. So, you know, unless you have one of these numbers. So um, this is like the doorway into the actual processing part of the uh, immigration uh, pursuit, whereas where you're at now is more of a waiting area. Um, well, you're outside. Yeah. Uh, outside, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's a waiting area outside. And, you know, regardless of conditions, non-sheltered, just sort of like a an open space. I mean, it was on a street, but, you know, it's sort of like a wider street and, um, yeah, just filled with people. Uh, I get it. So you're just trying to get into the building. You're like basically in the, the courtyard of the place. Yeah. Yeah. They don't even let you close to the building really. So, um, I, I said to the one security guard, I'm like, I just need to ask a question. That's all I said, you know? And, and he let me, he let me go in to ask a question. And I said to them, I'm like, Oh, uh, what happened? You know, because I had a delay and I wasn't able to get here on time, you know? And I'm like, if someone could just explain to me what happened and they were telling me to leave. And I was like, okay, I'm like, maybe maybe this really isn't just meant to be. As I was walking out, the security guard slipped me a number, a lottery number. He just gave it Oh, to me. wow. Yeah, and it was number five. It was number five in the line. And I thought, oh, my God. <laughs> I At first I thought, oh, my God everyone's going to hate me, you know, uh, all the people that are outside are going to hate me if I stand in line, you know, and I've arrived after or whatever, but it was, it was just some sort of random thing. I just felt the impulse. I'm like, I'm just going to peek my head in the door and see what happens. 
and you know, there was probably a lot of factors, probably the factor that like I'm a woman, I was, you know, by myself, you know, maybe they took pity on me or something, I don't know. But they, uh, yeah, they just gave it to me. The security guard gave me the number and then I got in line and I was getting some dirty looks. And I felt bad about it. I thought, oh, I should just give this number to somebody else. But then I'm like, you know what? My life is important, too. And, you know, this happened maybe for a reason. And uh, maybe it would have been more altruistic of me to do that, you know. But I also needed to take care of my own life, you know. I needed to start my own life so um, I could be of better service to others as well. And... So then I was able to actually submit my paperwork and then I, I got my residency like within a month. But I had been waiting for years. Wow. Years. Wow. And that divine timing, first of all, uh, the person being extremely late, you know, like late beyond an acceptable time for that kind of appointment. And, and then that happening, just a really sudden shift in energy. Because before it had looked like, oh, this is an angry mob. I shouldn't even be on this street. You know what I mean? Uh, it just shifting across. And then, you know what? It almost seemed like the door was illuminated in my mind, you know, when everybody shifted away. And I'm like, oh, my God, the door. There's nobody blocking the door. <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. Like, that's, like you said, divine, almost. The divine intervention, you know, Uh uh, or divine happenstance, right? It just and you saw it. You happened to be in the right place at the right time. And, and you I, and you wouldn't have been if that person wasn't late. Exactly. I I would have been there already with everyone else. I might have like gotten involved in the altercation, you know, like unexpected, you know, without wanting to. And but. we all know how violent you are by nature. You would have, you know. <laughs> No, but you know what I mean. I, I I would have, I would have been caught up in that other energy. I I probably wouldn't have been able to, to see it from an objective place. I would have been too caught up in the drama of what's happening. You know. And when you say see it, you mean that moment that you actually did see with you know the going through the door. Yeah. Yeah. I. You know, and then. And then okay, I got my I got myself in the door, but then how did that number that I've been waiting, you know, for for years to get, it just I, I went through the door finally and there it was. And how does that even happen? Why did that security guard have that number in the first place? Was that like a number that fell on the ground that, you know, it, what happened there? Wow. I never asked him like, "Where did you get this number?" I just, you know, took it hurriedly because I was like, "Okay, I'm like you know, I, I can't miss this chance. Yeah, you know, we've spoken in the past uh, about angels, and uh, you wonder, is that another angel? Yeah, um, I hadn't thought about it like that, but yeah, definitely that falls into, I think, the same category, that security guard. Maybe that was, you know, his good deed for the day. Um, right, and, with no ulterior motive. Yeah, it, it, you know, that's the thing. None of it felt uh, panicky or or forced. It had the quality of flow, you know? It, 
it was even strange, even the way the people flowed across the street. It was, it, it just had like a liquid quality to it. Everything in the scene had a liquid quality. Everyone flowing across the street, me flowing up to the door, you know, the the number flowing into my hand. It 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 was crazy. Yeah, it was. And I mean, the person that picked you up that was late, did you share with them that you were upset and did they leave uh, once they dropped you off? I'm curious about that too. Um, I mean, I did express that I was upset, but I didn't I didn't allow that to be expressed to a degree that made me like sad or not focused on what I needed to do for those moments. You know what I mean? I, I, I wasn't caught up in the drama of that either. I, I, I accepted it as a circumstance and I said, okay, let's still go anyway. Uh, and then after that had happened, I realized why it had happened and I couldn't be as mad. You know what I mean? I I saw that something really beautiful came out of an obstacle and came out of, you know, what I perceived as uh, disrespect to me. But when I looked at it more objectively, I could see that it happened really for a reason. And, I mean, so that person then in your mind was doing good, the one that made you wait, or they still were making you wait but that happened to work out for you um i'm not sure what you mean by that <clears throat> well the person that was supposed to pick you up that was more than a half an hour late you know initially like this person is not behaving correctly you know not not treating me in a way that i would prefer to be treated by making me wait so you're upset with them and then this situation occurred in a pot you know ended up really great for you at the immigration office now, do you look at that person differently, or do you still look at that person as, you know, making you wait and being, you know, uncaring uh, about, uh, you know, that, about being late and maybe making you miss in your opportunity? So did it change the way you looked at that person that made you wait, what, given what happened in, in the end? No, it didn't change my perception of, you know, that that was a disrespectful action, but it allowed me to see that sometimes even when we're being tested by people in our lives that there's a reason for it or it's it's bringing us closer to something that's more in alignment with who we are and yeah i didn't have any illusions about that person you know or or the way they were treating me i just knew that I had to hold on to how I wanted to feel and how I wanted to be treated. And I, I gave that energy to myself by not allowing their energy to, to bring me down. I totally understand. It's a lot of work to stay, to stay centered and focused and to have a, uh, you know, a healthy outlook. I agree. Um, but I, th I think that's it. It's ultimately deciding how you want to feel, you know, inside and and not feeling not feeling like you need to be so reactionary to everything, you know. Um, and it's okay to be reactionary, too. I'm, I'm not, like, judging anyone for 
for feeling things, you know, or feeling big feelings or getting angry or, you know, having emotions. But um, it's that non-attachment. It's like feeling it, realizing it's there, but then still being okay with whatever happens and and not not feeling like like you have to act out or you have to take that on you know Mm -hmm. or or going to this automatic sort of uh default that comes from maybe you know our not our best selves or an impulsive uh aspect of our our nature uh instead let it let it be uh, so to speak, and you know, it's it's kind of weird. It's like you're, you you need to be self aware, but not so self absorbed. You know, yes. that's a really good way to put it. Yes, the, it's it's the it's being too precious about things. It it's trying to control them. It's it's attaching too too much want or desire or um, you know energy onto something or someone or, or a set of circumstances. Yeah, I get you. Little Star Run here on Troubadours and Rock On Tours. A good friend, a regular contributor, and our resident storyteller talking about obstacles and divine timing, among other things. So are you still um, a citizen in in, uh, Greece or no? Well, I have a residency, (laughs) which actually... I had to renew during COVID, but I wasn't able to because of COVID. <laughs> and uh, so now I really don't know what my status would be. Um, I have to now look into that. And it it may be a situation where I have to go through that process all over again. Oh, boy. And <laughs> you can only imagine. I mean, I I would be okay with just visiting you know, and not live in there and not going through that process again, because it's, you know, it, it takes a lot out of you. Um, but, you know, after, after I received that number in that lottery, I got a 10 year residency, you know, so that wasn't a small thing. No, 10 years, that's a good chunk of time. So it wasn't citizenship, just residency for 10 years. Got you. Yeah, you have to get your residency first for 10 years, and then you can apply for your citizenship. So, I love I love the story, and I love where it took us. Obstacles and divine timing. Um, you know, it, it uh, really fascinating, and it really helps me reflect as well uh, on, on how I take things, how I see things, how I respond. It's it's so important, and it, it is a, for me at least. It's a daily thing. I mean, which is okay. I mean, that's living life, right? I mean, that that's your practice, your approach. Uh, being present is understanding what what's going on with you and and as best you can, and what's going on around you as best you can. And that interconnectedness too, you know. It, that that story isn't all about me. How many things had to line up for that to happen? With how many different people and energies? All 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 the people working there, the person that was supposed to come and pick me up, my energy, the people on the way there, you know, in traffic, everything. Like for that perfect moment to happen, it you know, the mob to go to the other side of the street and reveal the door. It it was. Um, all, all those things aligned at one time 
and I feel really grateful for having witnessed and experienced and been able to, um, you know, perceive that. It's amazing. Thank you so much, Little Star Run, for sharing that with us. Uh, that's a that's I think that's a good place to uh, to say until next time. Oh yeah, well thank you for um, having me. Always it's a pleasure and letting me tell some of my little life stories. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love what you share in this program. Thank you so much. I look forward to the next time we we talk and hopefully we see each other out and about soon. Oh yes, definitely. I hope so as well. Take care. Take care, EW. Bye. Bye.
And now, some actual facts and figures from Harper's Magazine's Harper's Index, their March 2022 edition. Here we go. Minimum portion of U.S. movie budgets last year spent on pandemic-related expenses, one-tenth. Portion of moviegoers who say they are unlikely to return to theaters after the pandemic, one-tenth. Percentage decrease between 2019 and 2020 in the value of the wellness industry, 11 percentage decrease. Portion of U.S. adults who say their physical health is, quote, excellent, one quarter. Average amount of soda in gallons that an American drinks each year, 36 gallons. Average increase in U.S. blood pressure in millimeters of mercury since the start of the pandemic. Two, portion of Americans who have recently skipped medical care because they couldn't afford it, three-tenths or 30%. Percentage by which Republicans are less likely to trust a doctor's advice than they were a decade ago, 18% less likely. Percentage increase since 2019 in the number of Americans aged 18 to 34 who have a will. 50% increase. Average cost of a U.S. funeral that includes a viewing, a ceremony, and a burial. $7,848. Estimated percentage of deceased Americans who will be cremated by 2035. 75%. Percentage change since 2019 in the number of Americans who describe their mental health as, quote, excellent, negative 21%, and the number of church-going Americans who describe their mental health as, quote, excellent, an increase of 5%. Portion of U.S. theological schools that have reported increased enrollment since the start of the pandemic, one half. Percentage increase since 2019 in ER visits for suicide attempts by adolescent boys, 4% increase. By adolescent girls, a 51% increase. Portion of therapists who say their clientele has increased since the start of the pandemic, nine-tenths of therapists who have been forced to decrease their hours because of personal issues, one-fifth or 20%. Minimum portion of Americans aged 18 to 25 who are extremely lonely nearly all of the time, three-fifths or 60%. Minimum number of Americans who have recently applied to become astronauts, 12,000. Minimum percentage of Americans who do not believe it is very important that the U.S. remain a democracy, 15%. Actual facts and figures. How do you like them apples?
face down on the beige thick rug wall to wall and down the hall this loon waddles cumulus clouds tinted gray but mostly a creamy white cardinals and blue jays take flight from a patch of crisp green grass because the chocolate lab barks at their hollow bones And out the window, a ray of sunlight caresses a piece of the mountainside. What a ride. Oh, 
しゃがみ込みやつらがビー玉はじいてる銀銀ギラギラの太陽なんです銀銀ギラギラの夏なんです珍珠の森は「舞い降りてきた静けさが」「古い茶屋の店先に誰かさんとぶら下がる」「押しつくつくの」セミの声です「帽子つくつくの夏なんです」「日がさぐるぐる僕は退屈」「日がさぐるぐる僕は退屈」Episode 467 of Troubadours and Rock on Tours with yours truly sporting some spring allergies, E.W. Conundrum Demure. I'd like to thank those folks who made this episode possible. First and foremost, our good friend Little Star Run, Harper's Magazine. And these musical artists The Lonious Monk, Easy Sleeper, Tennis, Hannah Jadagu, Fortet, King Floyd, Happy End, Brentford Marsalis, and Terence Blanchard, too. And of course, I would like to thank you for listening. Until next time. Let's do our best to enjoy this time. Take care of yourself and others too. 
Yeah. <laughs>